Hello. Welcome to the Slightly Unstable Podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Kate. Thank you for joining us for episode four of uh, our little project here. Um, Kate, how you been? Mm, I've been better. Yeah? I had a rough kind of Christmas. It, it, was a, it was a hard candy Christmas, as Dolly would say. It was a doozy. Yeah. Um, for like everyone. Yeah. I feel like... Um, like everyone I talked to when I got back to work was like, Christmas sucked. I had COVID was the yeah. story I heard over and over again. Yes. Um, um, and we were no different. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me and everybody in this family, I had COVID when we were recording the last podcast. Yeah. So if you go back and listen to episode three, uh, the reason Kate sounds like she just swallowed a bag of rocks is because <laughs> she had a little raspy thing going on, a little bit of a cough. But uh, unbeknownst to us, <laughs> two days after we recorded that podcast, Kate tested positive for COVID. Oopsies. Yeah. But you, I spared you and Mama and Dad. Yeah. And I mean, if it was up to me, I would have taken you all down with me so we could all still hang out on Christmas. Right. So to kind of <laughs> to kind of back up, um, you had a little bit of a thing going on with your with your throat. Yeah, I had already had the cold prior. Right. I had a cold and tested Thursday. I was negative. Right. Right. And so then sun that Sunday, that Friday was our last day of school for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm on official on Christmas break. Two days in, Kate and I record episode three. <laughs> we sat across from this table from each other for what, like two hours probably yeah, at least. In this room. Yeah, together. No masks. Uh I was coughing. Y'all didn't hear all the edited out parts. Yeah. Um but she had tested negative, so we thought, well, it was just a seasonal thing. Or my whole family, our whole family has terrible allergies, uh, so we come down with a some kind of a chest cold or a sinus infection at least a couple times a year. So it was not out of the ordinary, and uh, we thought we were okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, apparently, we weren't. We weren't. Um, so, uh, so yeah, my kind of side of this was, I found out. Let's see. Probably late Sunday or Monday, that I had had a close contact at work mm. from a another teacher, and so had my girlfriend Leah mm. at her school, and so we were both kind of like, oh, well, we feel fine, and we don't really know, so we'll just kind of see, and then Tuesday <laughs> we got a call from you. Said Merry Christmas. Yeah, it was sort of to recap. It was sort the conversation was basically like. Uh, I have COVID. I'm sorry. <laughs> click. Yeah, was was the conversation. See from you Kate. next year. Click. Yeah. So uh, we we figured out uh, testing appointments and everything. Which... Well, that was my gift to y'all. That was my peace offering. I got you guys appointments. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my sister and my mom got on the the phone for us and started looking up appointments. Which at this point, COVID was Omicron was running rampant. Yes. Through our part of Georgia. And so tests were hard to come by. Self tests, mm-hmm. the home tests were gone. Yeah. Um, and we managed to squeak out two tests for Lee and myself at two different locations, but around the same time. <laughs> so, and, and keep in mind, Leah was going home. She's from South Georgia. She was going home for Christmas. And Aren't we all? Yeah. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we get into our appointments and... 
We both get swabbed. We're te- texting each other the whole time. Leah ends up texting me and says, I got my results. I'm positive. And I'm like, well, shit. So then my, the doctor at my location walks in and starts talking to me about, we're just going to do a PCR just to make sure and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, make sure of what? I had been sitting in the room for an hour without having <laughs> talked to anybody. The, the nurse, after she swabbed me, was like, it'll be 15 minutes. Right. And I was like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> an hour later, oh the doctor walks in and starts saying all this. And I'm like, to make sure of what, though? And she's like, you haven't gotten your results yet? I was like, no. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you're negative. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, what? Keep in mind, Lee and I had been together for like the past four or five days. Yeah. Since before then. And then you were with me being positive Sunday. And then yeah. Right after with her again. Yeah. So I had no idea what was going on. Like the whole who's positive, who's negative, but I've been around you, but I haven't been around you. Like it is so confusing. I know everyone yeah. is probably with me on that and, and you want to you want to do the right thing you want to make sure you're not exposing anyone else and so I said well my girlfriend just got her results back in another location and she's positive and we've been together for the past few days and the doctor just went oh yeah well <laughs> you should probably quarantine them yeah, too screwed. and I was like okay so yeah so we uh had a little at-home Christmas um yeah Missed going home with her family, so I was, I hated that for her, but we made the best of it, and uh, luckily enough, our, like, our quarantine time was up, like, literally the day before we were supposed to leave to go on a trip to Asheville, mm-hmm. um, so we were still able to do that and felt confident, masks, or masks are completely mandatory everywhere in Asheville, Yeah. so we felt really confident, we felt safe, and we, we knew our time had been we had done our time. So we managed to salvage <laughs> a little bit of the fun <laughs> during Christmas break and we still got to do New Year's with some friends. So so there was a little bit of a silver lining, but the uh yeah, the Christmas the part of that was a little <laughs> bit of a bummer. Yeah, it was a bit of a doozy. Yeah. So did you were you able to salvage any of your holiday season? Um let's see. We kind of did the same thing I think I had said the last episode we were going to Gatlinburg and yeah, my quarantine day was up the day before um, that we were supposed to go. So, unfortunately, I didn't get to skip Gatlinburg this year. <laughs> <laughs> Gat- hashtag Gatlinburg gate. Um, it's okay. My whole family knows that. It's probably like my least va- favorite vacation. But mm. that's okay. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I actually had a very bad time with my anxiety. Yeah, throughout oh throughout all that. It's it's funny because you felt terrible when you had to call Lee and I. Horrible. And I could tell just the tone of your voice and having known you my entire life, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or since I was four. Yeah. Um, that I could tell on the phone you were spiraling. <laughs> right. So we got off of that conversation, hung up, and I was like, I'm sorry, Leah. And she was just like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I mean, like, what are you going to do? Like... I know. We, nobody can do anything about this you know like we just have we try as hard as we can and it still happens you know and i was like yeah and she was like i just don't want kate to feel bad <laughs> and i was like yeah and she was like do you think she feels bad i'm like she feels terrible right now <laughs> she's like did she Leah's say that and so I was like, kind right i was like she's she said do you did she say that and i was like no <laughs> i just know her and i know as soon as she got off the phone she was in the fetal position yes yes i had to make i mean i had to call Mom and dad, we, they were spared. 
surprisingly. They tested negative. Amen to that. Um, then I had a call. I mean, I told Hunter first. And then I had to call you guys. I had to call my work, you know. And prefacing all of this, I had so Monday night, I had a stomach virus. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm assuming it was a stomach virus and not part of COVID, because I don't know. Just the events of happening, they were both going around. Um, so I had that Monday night. I woke up Tuesday. I felt completely fine. Um, Mom had made me an appointment Tuesday and because I had gotten exposed at work. And she was like, you know, you should just go again. Make sure. And I honestly was so close to canceling my appointment on Tuesday because <laughs> I felt fine. Yeah. You know, I had that cold prior. Didn't know, like, I mean, I was negative, whatever. And I was kind of coming down off of that. So I was like, whatever, I'll just go ahead and get tested. And that way I can know for sure it's been longer or several days more. And surprisingly, I was positive. Um, so at that point, I had already been around Hunter and Blair. And I had already come down off my like ginormous panic attack that morning, which I'll get to in a minute. So then that meant the rest of my quarantine, I was in a much better space, like physically and mentally that I was just so bored on like Christmas Day, <laughs> like Christmas Eve. Our family has a tradition that we call Feliz Navidad. We go um, eat with my, our dad's best friend's family and we eat a Mexican restaurant. That's what the little play on words is, I guess. Um, and have done that for like uh, yeah. 25 years or something. Yeah, that was the second time I ever had missed it. The only other time I was three and I had the flu. Um, so, but luckily I didn't take that away from mom and dad. Yeah. Um, they were still able to go. So, and then when you have a kid, I still had, luckily Santa still comes when you're quarantined and luckily we had it all already. Right. We weren't doing last minute. So I still did have that. Unfortunately, this happened to be the year that Hunter was at the station on Christmas day. So it was just me and Blair, just me putting together a bunch of toys and opening them. Um, so Tuesday morning, or I guess Monday night, when I had, when I first, I got home from work and just started feeling bad all of a sudden, and I just, like, kind of knew that I was going to end up getting sick. Hunter had stepped out of the house for something, and I already started having a panic attack, and I just started crying, Mm -hmm. um, because I just didn't want Blair to get sick. I didn't want to get sick, you know, that goes into different phobias, but, um, and so I was like already keeping my distance from Blair because I was like, I don't feel good. This isn't going to end well, blah, blah, blah. And it, Blair was like, mommy, why are you crying? And I was just like, I'm just really stressed out, <laughs> you know? And she was like, okay. And, you know, she just, whatever. And so ended up, I ended up getting sick. I like closed myself in Blair's room because she sleeps in our bed anyway. So now it's just like a guest room <laughs> or the sick room now. Um, but so I'm like for like three hours, I'm actively like getting sick. Okay. And I could hear Blair knocking on the door saying like, mommy, where are you? Like, are you okay? Like, why is mommy in there? And that, no pun intended, was gut wrenching because <laughs> I was, I mean, it was everything. I felt horrible because I couldn't be around her and I couldn't pick her up because I didn't want her to get sick. I was already freaking out that I had already exposed her and she was going to get a stomach virus. And 
then just hearing that alone, uh, it was just awful. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, Dad got a flat tire, so Hunter took Blair, and they went all the way up here to help him fix it. So they got out of the house. They came back, and she was kind of doing the same thing. I mean, Hunter was great. He kept her, and um, just, yeah, just hearing it, I was, like, crying. I don't know how many times I cried that night. Um, I ended up sleeping it off, whatever. So the next morning, I feel astronomically better. And then came in the, like, overwhelming anxiety. And I haven't had anxiety this bad in over a year. Mm. Um, It was like that panic. I'm just going to have to ride it out. I know there's nothing I can do right now to stop it. Mm -hmm. Um, Anxiety. I... So this was how bad it was. Every time I would get sick, I was already bleaching the toilet mm. because I was that paranoid um, as if Blair could unlock a door, like all that stuff. Um, so the next morning, um, Hunter was like, just come in here. Like, I, I understand you're worried about her getting sick, but like, you're fine. Just, you know, like you don't have to like kiss her and all that stuff. I was still paranoid. I was like, kind of like no, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Like, you know, I went and changed or I washed all of the sheets and everything, which you're going to do anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. But I got Lysol. I sprayed every scringe of that room in the, um, bathroom. I wiped, I sprayed everything like door handles, doors, light switches, everything. And then I was still, I could not tell myself that like I did enough and it's going to be okay. And just shut my brain off like it, I was just spiraling and it was just a roller coaster I was stuck on I couldn't get off of it um and it was frustrating different reasons uh, so I was already paranoid she was gonna get sick I didn't want her to I didn't want Hunter to get sick and then you know I was like if she gets sick what's gonna happen I don't think I can handle it I talked about that in my first episode um and then I had never been exposed to this before. I've never had to take care of somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how I was going to handle it. And it was just the whole uncertainty going into the unknown, all that stuff. And it was just such a rough time. Yeah. And so I ended up, I mean, I just like, and I was frustrated because I know I was probably getting on Hunter's nerves, which he is like so gracious, especially when I'm like that. He knows that not he just never gets annoyed because he knows i'm gonna ask like 10 million times like do you think she's okay like oh she didn't need a lot do you think she's okay do you think she feels okay and every move she made sound she made facial expression i was like do you think she's okay Uh, like did she poop was she okay like does she have plenty of diapers today is she hydrated you know i just kept going you know and i couldn't stop Mm -hmm. and so i ended up just like busting out crying and luckily Hunter was right there. When I'm in those moments, like I just need like a parasympathetic response, like a weighted blanket or like a super tight hug or something. And so he just sat there and I don't need words at that point, you know. And the only the best way I can describe it is because I told him I was like, I just can't get away from myself. Um, and. You know, I'm just like, crying and like, I'm like, well, I'm crying about this and I'm crying about that. And I had so much going on, honestly. 
I mean, like, it was a doozy. I had that. I started my period. I had COVID. I didn't know about it. I had bit the bottom of my tongue, so that was sore. My my coworker had done dry needling on my neck, so that was sore. My back hurt. I don't know why. I think that was COVID. Um, but there's a line from Matchbox 20, which is the greatest band of all time. Um, and in, like, my favorite song, it says, I'm here all the time. I won't go away. Mm-hmm. And that is my anxiety. Yeah. That's the best way to describe it. And I don't mean that in a, in a way I've never considered like self-harm, but that's what it feels like. I just, I w- like, I can't walk away from myself. And that's where I was. So yeah, I essentially just had to hold on to that and <laughs> just come down off that. I had an anxiety hangover the next day. I was at the station. Um, it was one of those days where I just had to sit and be with myself and that sucked. But yeah. Yeah. I, I go to therapy next week. So <laughs> yeah. I, oof, yeah, I felt that when you were, <laughs> when you were describing it, because I think, um, I obviously wasn't going through it like you were, but yeah. after we tested positive, like that night and the next day, because we got tested on Wednesday, so the 23rd, mm-hmm. that Thursday, Leah would catch me just like staring off into space and really mm-hmm. quiet, and she'd be like, what's wrong? And I would be like, uh nothing she was like that's no Some, right. something's wrong and i was like i just can't get like our situation off my mind and she was like it's fine like it's totally fine right and i'm like yeah but but you know you're not gonna get to go to christmas now and you've been looking forward to it so much and blah 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 and she was like you're worried about me and i'm like yeah, yeah. And she was like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> like, you don't have to worry about me. Right. I was like, I know, but I feel like you're disappointed and there's nothing I can do to fix that. And there's no solution. Mm-hmm. And when I get that way, it just, I feel kind of helpless sometimes. Right. And, and usually that's not me. Usually yeah. when things happen that I can't control. Yeah. I think I'm like, drive. Yeah. I'm Gucci. <laughs> I'm good. Um, Cause there's nothing I can do about it so why get upset right it's the stuff that I can fix that I that isn't being fixed that is usually my anxiety trigger right um like stress like everyday stress right yeah whereas yeah for some reason that time though like I I think it was just because like I felt so bad yeah that things were completely off the rails that it just shook me a little bit yeah and even when you were when you were talking about that parasympathetic response of like needing like a tight hug or Mm -hmm. something like that that is so me yeah and it's not something i've thought about a lot but it's kind of been something on my mind lately yeah that has kind of like come up i had a i had a moment recently where i like that and it was it kind of dawned on me that i'm like oh yeah it calms you down yeah um i mean that's the response the whole thing but yeah i'll go up to hunter and be like oh i just need a hug and then i'll be like squeeze me tighter and he's like i'm gonna like break your rib i'm like no just like hold me tight I'm keep not going gonna, yeah. yes like okay and then we're gonna stay here for five minutes yeah <laughs> and, yeah totally um yeah it's helpful but you know you didn't know you were reacting that way because of prior experiences yeah. prior relationships and yeah. you that normally that was gonna be an issue a conflict yes yeah and you were kind of preparing for that uh-huh but leah's so great 
you don't have to worry about that <laughs> because just it's all good she i mean because she's so sweet you know yeah. and she's like why are you worried about me yeah you know what? yeah it was it yeah you're totally right isn't that good yeah it is <laughs> it's so wonderful. getting into our sorry to be depressed yeah sorry we hit a kind of a low point there to start off the show <laughs> uh <clears throat> we're wiping our eyes now and uh you know what though when you start the year off low there ain't nowhere to go but up right isn't that how it works that's what we're gonna tell isn't ourselves. that what isn't that how it works <laughs> there right? better not be another bottom please tell me that's how it works <laughs> um yeah totally um yeah so kate you had a you run our instagram account yes uh what's that handle again at slightly unstable pod and you put out some feelers in our um, in our stories recently, asking for some user generated suggestions on things they would like to hear us cover. And one of the questions we got from a longtime friend was, "How do you go about finding the right therapist for you?" Uh, this friend had started therapy, but she wasn't sure if this person she'd been seeing was really for her. She wasn't really mm-hmm. feeling it the first time she went in. And so we thought that's a great thing to talk about today. Uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about tools and tactics that therapists give and what has worked for us over the years and what hasn't. And um, and yeah, we're going to see where we go from there. So uh, Kate, why don't you start off talking about your journey with finding a therapist and how all that has worked for you. Okay, yes. Um, so the first time I went to therapy, I was looking for a therapist close to home. And I don't know if you know this, but there are slim pickings in our county. Um, I messaged several different ones and none of them responded. So that was okay. And then, you know, like you're going through some and like, on, so all their profiles are on psychology today. And a lot of them were like, I'm here to empower you to be your best self and um, just like very like motivational speaking. Life coachy. Yeah, life coachy. And uh, that's not for me. So um, that helped weed it out um, on psychology today. And it's kind of like blind dating, you know, like you could stalk their Facebook all you want, but until you meet them, you're not going to know. So I had found this one and looked online. They had phenomenal Google reviews. So went there and I had a great time. Um, they actually put me with a different therapist that didn't have that many reviews. She was new, but she and I actually just ended up clicking. We had the same kind of personality um, until she like ghosted me. And I don't know, like she didn't ghost me. I had already kind of discharged. I was good. But then. How long had you been going to see her when that happened? Um, I had seen her for probably six months. And then after like the new year that year. I was like, I think I'm good. I don't need to come back. So then all of 2020, I was good. And then in like spring of 2021, when I was trying to start back, she was nowhere to be found. Like no Google search could find her. Even my um, psychiatrist tried finding her. He couldn't find her in like his database, all this stuff. So it was very weird. So I had to find another new one. Mm -hmm. I... Yet again, call different places, left voicemails. And I get they they all have weird hours. You know, they're working like 12 to 7 all the time. Um, I rarely ever got callbacks. Um, The one there, our therapist now, she actually, I had called her and she answered right away. And I was like, oh, sweet. But then I found out she didn't take insurance. And so I was trying to be like 
I'd rather someone take my insurance. I have it. They pay for it completely. So I went to this other lady. Immediately, I should have known. I went to like six. I did six sessions with her, I think. And that was four too many. Um, she had, I mean, I guess, I don't even know if she had Google reviews. At that point, I think I was just like, I just need to start somewhere and I'll just figure it out. Right. And it was like, she called me back. So I guess we'll just do that, you know. Um, at that point, insurance was covering it. So I was like, what am I really losing? And that didn't go well. So, like, I think I canceled with her one day. And, like, the next day I made an appointment with our current therapist. And, honestly, she had really good reviews. But at first, I didn't know if we were going to work. Because it, I, it was just so different than my first therapist. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, different how? Different... I don't even know. Personalities are completely different. Um, So I didn't know, like, so I guess that threw me off because I didn't know what to expect anymore Um, because the second therapist was just not helpful in any way, shape, or form. Um, But she was very easy to talk to. And then our current therapist is, you know, just, like, so smart. And I think I was coming off, not that my second therapist was dumb, but my second therapist truly didn't it I almost like was wondering where the clinical side of it was all coming from because we never talked about it you know right um and it was immediately there with our current one that I was like oh whoa like she really knows her stuff maybe <laughs> this is kind of intimidating um but yeah so honestly it was just google reviews and I know so I'm forced you into our therapist right now <laughs> um <laughs> But you had been to couples counseling before, so how did you guys find that? Yeah, well, um, so yes, before our current therapist, let's let's just call her Betty. Betty. So we can give her a name and yeah. not have to keep saying our current therapist. Um, before Betty, uh, yeah, my only therapy experience had been couples counseling, um, which was in as difficult as it is to find a good therapist in our area. Multiply that times ten. Because the good therapists you do find don't necessarily do couples counseling. So weird to me. It is. Um, yeah. I don't, and I don't know why. I don't. I. And I, I kind of got a little bit of an answer from the one we ended up finding. She kind of said like, it just rarely ever works, oh, <laughs> which God. is, which is, which is so depressing. Um, yeah. We um, contributed to that statistic, unfortunately, but. Um, yeah, she said, I don't typically do couples counseling anymore, but I will. And so we went in and it started out all right. Um, but then as we got like down to like the nitty gritty and like the crux of what our issues were, there were just like no real solutions mm-hmm. or no real like suggestions on how to find solutions. <laughs> right. It was It was a lot of... Well, you guys just need to reconnect. So, like, you should just do st- do more stuff together. And Thanks. that was a that was a problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, and 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 we tried that, and it just didn't work. And you know, it, we weren't sure. And so we both agreed that we were not happy with mm. that therapist. So we stopped. And then about six months later, decided to pick it back up. Found someone else who worked an hour away right yes (laughs) we had to go all the way to Carrollton to Mm. see that therapist and she was great I did like her a lot um she had a a lecture personality we got along great 
Um, and she was way better about um, suggestions and digging a little deeper and asking questions and really like kind of laying everything out on the table for us. Like right. I hear Taylor saying this, I hear her saying this and here's what's all out right now. So what do we do with this? And here's what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a lot more helpful. It definitely helped us kind of make decisions yeah. as we went yeah. along. Um, so then obviously when the divorce happened, we stopped going. Um, and then, yeah, hooked up with Betty, <laughs> our, uh, the current therapist. And she, has been great so far. Um, she yeah. actually asked me when I first started going, what did you, what is your past experience been with therapy? What did you like about this person? What did you not like? Right. And yeah, that first, the first person was just a lot of sitting. It was, it was almost <laughs> like what you see on TV, which is like, mm, they're quiet. Mm, and okay. Making notes. Yeah. All right. But like, I don't see a result of those notes. Like I don't see, Okay, so here's what I'm, you know, like there was never that. It was just, how do you feel yeah. when, when that yeah. happens? or Which is fine, but like, then let's talk about how to move past that. And right. there wasn't a whole lot of that. Help me heal. Yeah, exactly. Um, there wasn't much of that. So, um, but um, Betty's phenomenal. And uh, I've only had two sessions with her. I was supposed to have one uh, last week, but unfortunately she got COVID <laughs> and had to cancel. Um and so I'm going in a couple weeks uh, for my third session. Um, but she, like I said last time on the, the podcast, she has been great about just helping me already, like, recognize patterns. Yes. And recognizing, yeah. like, just being more mindful about what I do and why I do it. Mm-hmm. And I had already been able to do a lot of that on my own, but she's really kicked it up a notch for me. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, sitting, whenever I feel an impulse to... Like, beha- like whenever I feel my anxiety affecting my behavior, I'm able to step up, take a step back and go, why am I feeling this way? Or why am I about to do this? Mm-hmm. And then I go, well, I'm, I feel this way. Be- I- I'm doing this because I feel this way. And then I can go, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> either, yeah, that's legitimate or, eh. <laughs> right, yeah. You're kind of overplaying this right now. So you feel the impulse to ask a billion questions or... Mm-hmm. you know dig or whatever it is that's going on and it helps me kind of take a step back and self-examine and kind of make like kind of self-parent in a way yeah <laughs> like kind of talk myself down a little bit yeah that's so perfect. that's that's been really great about her um you know we talk about that click when you mm-hmm. see uh when you start with a new therapist and i feel like she and i clicked pretty much immediately um yeah it's been really great yeah, um, I have written down some notes about picking a therapist because I obviously went through more picking out just like the one-on-one therapy. Um, seeking an automatic click, I'm kind of back and forth on it um, because I think it completely depends on the person, like the patient. Um, it depends on how vulnerable you're going to be and... You can, I mean, and they say this, like, you can tell me everything right now. Like, you could just go, I mean, the first episode, or first episode, the first visit, you're going to, like, they're going to ask questions, and it's just kind of get your history. And they say, like, we go at your pace. Like, you can dish out everything, and we can just go, like, 
head first or if you want to ease into it that's okay too and so I think it depends on how open and vulnerable the patient is going to be on that automatic click because I was an open book every time like the first time (laughs) she said like I love how you're just getting it all out there and telling me everything and you seem very open and I was like I gotta get better you know (laughs) like my brain needs to heal um and so I've always kind of been that way but I could see where our people might think like oh I'm not clicking because I'm not being open enough Mm. if that makes sense yeah um but personality wise I think you're already gonna know if you're gonna you I mean every just human nature you're gonna know if you can trust that person yeah and obviously that's huge um another thing I wrote down is making like making sure that you don't just hear what you want to hear in therapy Mm -hmm. but also that you do hear what you need to hear Mm -hmm. does that make sense right um good and bad yeah so kind of like that self-fulfilling prophecy and i can see this with couple couples counseling too um say like she's telling you three bad things but she points out two good things that's going on Mm -hmm. and you're like well see that means i need to keep doing this like this is right even if it's unhealthy Mm -hmm. or say it's a couple one person gets told a couple bad things that they've been doing but then say like the husband hasn't done the dishes. It's like, see, she even said you haven't been doing the dishes. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If, I mean, you don't obviously have to spell what you experienced in couples counseling, but a lot of it, the best stuff comes from stuff you don't want to hear. And right. so that's the biggest, one of the biggest advice I can say is, are you able to accept something that's hard to hear mm. or something that's hard to digest for yourself mm. and still be and take it from a place of like trust from the other person and not like while wow, they're just beating me up or if they're doing nothing and offering you, like you said, your very first couple therapists, if they're offering you nothing of that. Right. Uh, you, you can't, you can't be happy or unhappy with a, Counselor who barely says anything, right? <laughs> um, and that's ultimately why we stop going. I think <clears throat> I don't. I don't mind speaking a little bit about that. I think um, it's easy sometimes to take whenever the the therapist kind of feels like they're defending you in a moment mm-hmm. and think I'm the winner here. Yeah, I can um, see that. But what you have to do is get past that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty difficult. Yeah. That was really difficult. Um, because if you do that, then you're not hearing the other things that you really do need to work on or you really do need to address. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a slippery slope there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely a, it's it's a thing in one-on-one counseling. Yeah. And it's even more of a thing in couples counseling because it's couples counseling is just so conflict-centered. that it's it's all you do yeah whereas one-on-one like you know when we're with betty she may say like oh oh my gosh i can't believe you went through that or tell me how you felt in that situation that's that's crazy or right and then there's times where she kind of pushes back a little and is like (laughs) well hold on now like yes you've you know i'm seeing a pattern here or or you know i'm hearing that this is I'm 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 seeing that what you just told me is very similar to this past thing you told me about. So let's make a connection there. Mm-hmm. So you just like you said, you really just have to be 
you have to want it to work. Yeah. You have to want to, you have to be, you have to want to be honest with yourself and you have to want it to work. It's yeah. like we always say, it's like going to the gym. I mean, if you just sort of <laughs> do a light walk on a treadmill, you can do that for $120 an hour. Right. Um, or you can get a workout in. Feel great. Yeah. And, be you healthy. know, I think that's definitely, that's definitely been my experience. And of course, as we always say, Kate and I are not Take medical this. professionals in that regard. So grain of salt. These are just this is just our experiences and our anecdotal evidence. That should have been the name of our podcast. Grain Anec- of salt. <laughs> or anecdotal evidence. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Um so another one I had was kind of lo- alluding to my second therapist was not settling if you're not getting anything. Right. Um, I got into, it's like having a bad um, college professor where you're teaching yourself everything. That was what it was like going with her. Mm. And I'm truly not trying to dog on her um, because I do think she's helped other people. I just needed more clinical. I'm very logical. I needed science. I needed research. I needed facts. I needed like different theories on how this would help. She offered different tactics and we'll get to them later that just did not help me but offered them every single time what it sounds like to me based on what you've described to her off pod yeah is it sounds a lot more woo woo (laughs) a lot more live your best life kind of yeah than it was clinical yes yeah yeah that's exactly it and those are our professional terms our woo woo and our clinical (laughs) (laughs) If y'all know what we mean, and if not, just skip ahead a little bit. Just go th- go to a couple of therapists and try a few out, and then you'll <laughs> see what we mean. Um, but so I was just kind of, I got to a point where I was just like, well, I mean, at least I'm talking it out. And yeah. I feel better getting it off my chest, so at least I get that. And she's not really helping me, but, you know, every now and then she says the good stuff. I think the best advice she gave me was, we need to you need to pluck weeds out of your garden Mm. and uh i still don't really know what that means but (laughs) (laughs) Um, i can i kind of get like i get it at the same time that was all of the conflict resolution she offered um and like i said we're going to go into tactics and therapy that help us and tactics that don't they're going to be different for every single person um but it is funny, some of the stuff that she advised me to do. Oh, yeah. Um, and then kind of what I alluded to earlier, on Psychology Today, each therapist kind of has a little, like, bio about themselves. Kind of, I mean, right. they're selling themselves, essentially. And you need to kind of get a feel on the overall theme of a therapist you would appreciate. Like I said, I'm very, like, science-based. Um, I need somebody who... And Betty does amazing at this because she knows I'm so science-based. Like, I need different theories. And she'll explain two different theories before we even talk about how it relates to me. Mm. Um, she'll research and, like, hard facts. And, like, this is why it's happening. You have this at your brainstem. You have this at the front of your brain. Blah, blah, blah. That's what I need. That's what I, like, thrive on. Um we wanted a secular therapist you know that was what was working best for us some people are gonna want a strong faith-based therapist there's plenty of those you know some people are gonna want that woo-woo and that's okay too that woo-woo that woo-woo 
Let me get that beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, um, please don't go to R. Kelly. So that's kind of like the nutshell I could give advice on right. picking a therapist. It's all a blind date. And yeah. so I say give it two sessions and you'll you'll get a feel. And then you need to follow that vibe. But you also need to be vulnerable at a comfortable level. And just, you know, learn Right. To if you're not getting anything out of it and you do some hard self-examination and you think, well, I haven't also said a whole lot, <laughs> then maybe you should give it a few more. Yeah. Um, and just see. Like, try, okay, next time I'm going to open up more. I'm mm-hmm. going to say how I really feel. I'm not going to protect myself away from... What, how I'm really feeling. Um, and then if you do that and it's still not working, then yeah, find somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if it's your first go around at therapy. I happened to just hit the jackpot, my first one. Um, but now after seeing having my second one, that wasn't that great. I definitely know now I wasted time. Mm. Not, I mean, I waste, yeah, I kind of wasted time. Probably yeah. like the last three I wasted time. It was time. a holdover. Yeah, it got me through. Um, so the different so each therapy or each therapist is going to have like different tactics for you and you're going to have to kind of decipher what helps and a great therapist is going to ask you what helps and then if you don't know it they're going to create like an open dialogue so you guys can figure it out um so what are some like good tactics that you have liked yeah um i think so far, again, I've somewhat limited experience, but um, she definitely always something I've liked that Betty does is on my first session with her. She probably did this with you too. At the end of the session, she was like, "How did you feel about the session?" I was like, oh, "I thought it was pretty good." She was like, "What would you change?" Did she do that with you? No. She asked me. She was like, "What? What would you change about our session?" Oh, I like that. And I was like, You're "I don't not know." Asking that question, because I think because. I think because I, like you said, at that point, I was one-on-one. I was in a much better place than I've been before. I was like, what do you want to know, sister? Right. Like, (laughs) I'll tell you anything you want to know. Like, we went in our first session and she was like, okay, well, you know, let's just do like like a little bit of some things you want to talk about and then we'll kind of narrow it down. And I ended up giving her like... (laughs) She was drinking from a fire hose that first session because I gave her a huge chunk of like four different things, three different things. Yes. And she was like, okay, well, I'm hearing this. I think like the things she kind of narrowed it down to were the religious trauma stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you're dealing with your day-to-day anxiety and then my divorce slash relationships and and that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's that's the big three. That's uh, <laughs> That's why I'm here. And so then she was kind of, okay, where do you want to start? And I was like, the religious stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's just, it, I, feel, I felt like it was the thing that kept, it was it was a day-to-day thing. Uh-huh. Like it was always in my brain. And I kind of wanted to weed out my garden a little bit there mm-hmm. to use your, your buddies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, to, to use her term. Um, and I think, when we got to the end of that first sentence, she was like, what would you change? I, nothing. I gave you everything, 
right? <laughs> and she was like, the reason I asked that, she's like, that's fine. The reason I asked that is because oftentimes people come into their first therapy session and they talk, they give a lot of stuff, and then they go home, and the next couple of days afterwards, they think, ugh, I shouldn't have said that, or mm-hmm. I shouldn't have shared that, or I think I talked too much, or something like that. And she said, I just want to prepare you for that. Like, I want to prepare you for that. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really feel weird about anything I just said. <laughs> she was like, that's fine. You might. <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Two days later, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have told her that already. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that already. She she probably thinks I'm super weird. Oh, like, Lord. But, yeah. And I told her that the next session, I was like, you know how you asked? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I had a moment. <laughs> she was like, she's like, a lot of people, most people do. Most people do when they first come into therapy. So I remember feeling like I had 50 billion more things to say. Oh, yeah, me too. So I was like... I was kind of like, oh, I should have told her this. Or, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't tell her about this. Um, it's yeah. hard, too, because all three of those things I mentioned are so intrinsically linked for me yeah. that it's hard to talk about one without... It's hard to talk about my divorce without talking about the religious stuff because they were pretty intertwined for a long time. And then throw my anxiety is just sort of in, and you're just sort of... That's the foundation of all of it. Right. Um, and so it's really hard to talk about one without the other. We've talked about that, and then I, the second session where we talked about the, more of the religious, like kind of got in the weeds on the religious stuff, like was really where I started kind of like things started to click mm-hmm. pretty quickly for me. I was like, oh wow, yeah, I act like this now because of this, yeah, and I act like this now because of this thing this person said, yeah, and you know things like that. Um, so. Her kind of like encouraging me to consistently be like reflecting has really been a big thing for me. Um, and repeating it back to you, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when she kind of, she's really great about saying, this is what I hear from you. Yes. It's this, this, and this. Am I wrong? And I'm like, usually it's like, nope, you're spot on. Right. That's, that's the crux of it. But as far as like tactics, I want to kind of tie in tactics for dealing with anxiety though. Mm-hmm. Like. Because I tried a myriad of things before I even started going to therapy over the years. Like from middle school on. um, I think like high school was probably the first time that I started trying to cope. Right. Um, Like senior year-ish. And then through college. A lot of what it was was like, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like an object permanent sort of therapy. Like where like I need to be grounded in some way so like i need like something to hold on to like not like a thing but this is a really dumb comparison um (laughs) or i feel dumb explaining it but if you've ever seen the movie inception at the end of the film um you know the gist where it's like they're they're jumping in like different levels of dreams dreams within dreams within dreams kind of thing the only part i've seen in that movie is the last five minutes Good, because that's the part I'm talking okay. about. Um, the last five minutes, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, spoiler alert, but it's been a while. You should have seen it by now. Um, he isn't 100% sure if he's in a dream or not, and he has a totem, which is like this little object that only really he knows the weight and the texture and the feel of, mm. and he knows that if it doesn't feel right, 
he's not really in the real world. Oh, okay. And so it's a little, for him, it's a little top that he spins. Yeah. And the big cliffhanger of the movie is he spins it to see if he's, you know, okay or not. And it seems to be spinning perfectly fine, which means he's in the real world. But right before the, like, the screen goes black for the credits, it starts to wobble just slightly. Mm. Like something's off. It was slightly unstable. But it was slightly unstable. <laughs> and then and then the screen goes black. And so it kind of leaves the audience to their own interpretation of whether or not he's actually where he's supposed to be or not. Um, that's kind of how it was for me. That's the best way I had to explain it. Like, so what I would do is like there are certain like feelings that I oh, okay. could experience that like would kind of ground me a little bit. Like bring you back to the real the world. The biggest one for me was being in the shower. I would like okay. kind of hold my hands out and let like water kind of hit my hands mm-hmm. and it would just sort of, I could focus on that and it would sort of like, it would help me tune out everything else that my brain was doing. Mm-hmm. That used to help a lot. Um, that stopped helping as much. Yeah. And it used to help me. It started helping me a little bit, not getting me all the way back down. Um, mm-hmm. So then meditation and well, I'll be honest, it started out as prayer and that didn't really work. That right. quick. We covered in the past podcast. So then it became meditation. Like just like not tuning out everything, but like acknowledging a feeling and then trying to drop it. Like I would imagine okay. myself like standing on a cliff and a feeling would come in and I would kind of visualize pulling it out and dropping it. Mm-hmm. And like trying to offload feelings that way. Yeah. Um, that stopped working. <laughs> And around that time is when I went to see my doctor for the first time. And he was like, I don't like giving out anxiety meds. Yeah. And I was like, um, okay, I guess I'll go now. I guess I'll keep meditating. Bye. Yeah. Even though I just told you it's not working anymore, but you're not going to do anything about it. Um, cool, 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 cool. So yeah, that was kind of, uh, kind of my journey on how I was like tactics I was using to kind of cope with it. Um, I did the same thing. I, my first therapist really tried to teach me some of those those are like what I call like in the moment tactics because like I had shared before my first therapist I was going through that like PTSD from my car wreck and the postpartum anxiety that like got linked to all of that um so she would teach me because I would be at work I was easily triggered at work because I would be seeing patients that had gotten in car wrecks Mm. okay so I was constantly triggered and there was the point where like Every time I drove to and from work, I knew every single billboard that had an accident attorney on it. And so I was getting triggered every time I would see them. Um, I was borderline having like phobia with driving. Um, It was just very bad. And so I had to figure out stuff to calm me down in the moment. Um, She did that like five things you hear, four things you smell, what was it? Three things you taste. This is like a brain distraction tactic kind of thing. Yeah, with your senses. Um, And so that helped a little bit, but then I'm like, I'm too anal, and I'm like, okay, well, I only hear three things. (laughs) And then... (laughs) And I can't move on until I think of a fourth, and now I'm thinking about the car again. And now I'm pissed, and I give it up. Um, I did try the grounding. That never really worked. Um, Kind of like the prayer thing. And like I said earlier, I can't shut my brain off. Mm. I don't know of a time... When my brain's not going. Because honestly, I dream so much at night. I don't know if my brain ever takes a break. And when I would be trying to like ground myself and be in the moment or pray, it would be like, 
I was focused. I was doing good. It had my attention for like three minutes. And then it was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Oh, God. What if I get in another wreck? And so, <laughs> <laughs> like right after that. So it didn't help. Um, the grounding thing at work, I was trying. It reminded me of something when you were saying that, when you said you did the palm of your hands. I This is what I did. I started keeping a fidget with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my coworkers knew I had my fidget. I kept it on my um, desk. It would either be like a rubber band. I bought fidgets on Amazon. I had to have something because I didn't want to be that annoying person that was clicking a pen cap all day. Yeah. Um, so that actually helped me. I guess, I don't know if it was keeping my nervous energy like in that little form. Um, then I started just burst cleaning. <laughs> and I know that's not helpful, but I actually cleaned my clinic and would just randomly find things to clean and just like, I don't know, hang decorations, do something. And I would just like go crazy. That didn't really help because you can't really like be a really good physical therapist and <laughs> be distracted. Um, so I had those things. They just have never worked for me. Yeah. Um, we had talked about, uh, there was something you told me. I can't remember which therapist you said recommended it, but it was the swaying. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? this was pretty funny it was my second therapist oh yeah Um, and I told her and like luckily Betty understands this because I like told her the story and like we joke about it because I'm like I'm not that person okay I can't journal like I can write it all out if you want but as soon as I close that book I'm still gonna be anxious yeah Um, and that's just me and you can say like well you didn't try hard enough like no I tried (laughs) I was vulnerable I'm just yeah, and that works for some people. Unstable, and that works for some people, and it doesn't for others. Absolutely, um, and this is coming from somebody. If you haven't been able to tell from like the story I shared at the beginning, I have a true anxiety disorder. It's not mm-hmm. just like life is really hard sometimes. I need to get it out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so she kept telling me, and this I'm not kidding, Taylor. She brought it up probably every every session. Mm-hmm. So when I wake up in the morning, you know, I just get two feet on the ground and I just kind of close my eyes and I sway back and forth, just kind of ground myself. And I just kind of start, after I get that going, I just kind of start moving my hands (laughs) with a rhythm, you know, and that's how I start my day. And then I, when I'm in the shower, you know, I start doing that too. And then I start um, stretching my neck side to side and just shifting my weight. And she would take like 30 minutes to explain this every session. <laughs> and the sessions are only 50 minutes. Yeah. So she, I mean, she truly would just think that would be it. Like, I'm telling her all this stuff that I'm going through. Like, I'm really struggling. I'm really having anxiety about this. You know what you need to do? You just need to sway. Sway it out, sister. And I mean, <laughs> this is all coming. This, these were online sessions too, because she told me initially that she was going to be back in person and it was just going to be the first two sessions virtual and every six were virtual. Um, and then one time she had a baby. She had her like infant. Um, yeah, she had her infant with her the whole time. She waiting on the babysitter. So like the first like 15 minutes, there's a kid like grabbing at the keyboard and I'm in, I'm just there trying to like tell her right, how swing's not working. <laughs> um, and she has a child there. <laughs> Betty loved that. 
she was like are you kidding me i was like yeah yeah that's why i came to see you um and then she tried telling me to do yoga um and this is granted this is the woo-woo therapist betty would never yeah ashley my first therapist would never um she was like you know maybe you should just try yoga and you know and i was just like um actually have tried that um actually i like the stretch you know but it's very hard with the toddler you know she just does it and she just told me well you need to encourage her to do it with you (laughs) (laughs) that's what i yeah i was like okay so then i find this video on youtube where it's like mommy kid yoga you know she did maybe one post and then she was like "Ah!" and then just like climbing on top of me and i was like oh yes this is why i'm paying this therapist to do yoga and now blair knows yoga thanks miss appleberry shout out to cocomelon um (laughs) but it's just like so you gotta find the tactics that work for you yeah all of this to say if you know you're not vibing if you know that's not you then you need to tell them, and then if they're not acknowledging that and they're continuing to push that, then you need to move on. Right, and if and if something like the grounding thing, which worked for me for a little while, yeah, didn't work for you, or I know people who do journaling and it works for them, that's great. I would not be able to do that either because I would not be able to sit and focus on one thing for that long. Right, like I'm going to think about, you know, oh, I got to drop this off the post office, or I need to go do this to, before <laughs> school tomorrow, or. You know, I think it's time to get my tag renewed or, you know, whatever (laughs) I would. It would take me forever to sit and do that. Um, And yoga, um, as far as that's concerned, like I I actually did some of that over the summer for like I did like a 30 day yoga challenge thing Mm. Uh, and I liked it. It was not a a thing to treat anxiety for me. Correct. Um, (laughs) Like you said, I enjoyed the stretching, but like that was about (laughs) it. Uh, But I know people who do yoga and it helps them tremendously right with their stress and that's awesome but like kate was saying you have to find some kind of tactic that works for you and a good therapist will suggest a tactic you go home and try it and then if you come back and say you know what i gave that the old college try and it just didn't work for me he or she's gonna go okay well let's try something else we need to find something not keep pushing it on you and tell you you're not trying hard enough um talking about something that popped in my head i've can't believe I haven't talked about it already. I should have talked about this at the beginning. Um, while we were in Asheville, Leah for Christmas got me and her a sensory deprivation tank experience. Oh. Did I not tell you about this? No. Oh, okay. I have been doing research on this for two years. Yeah. And like just watching videos and reading about it. And it's something I really wanted to try. And I had mentioned it a while back and her sister and I were talking about wanted to do it and everything. So that's what uh, one of my presents from her was. And so she found a place in Asheville who did it, that did oh, it. Oh, wow. And so we went and Kate, so cool. Really? I loved it. You, It may not work for you. Um, I know Leah was talking about having a hard time like fully like, relaxing like, or fully going into like a meditative state okay. necessarily. Um, but that's fine if you if you enjoy it and you don't ever get to that point, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But talking about that experience, so like you, we went in, and 
we were it was a later in the in the evening like i think her session my session was at like 6 30 and hers was at eight so we were one right after the other okay um and so we go in there's like a private room and one side of the room has like it's divided with like a partial wall okay um like it just it doesn't there's no it's just an open doorway in between the two rooms one room has like a bathroom and a sink and a little table area and then the other side has a shower and the tank the tank there are different kinds of tanks that you may see at a place like this there's one that's like a pod mm-hmm. it's like a it's freestanding on the ground and it has a top that kind of comes up like a spaceship and then you you crawl into it and then the, you drop the lid down and those aren't quite as big okay um or like the ones there's a place in Atlanta that has these and they had them at in Asheville at this place. They're built into the wall. Oh, wow. So the tank, you like, you go in and there's like a big heavy door you open up and yeah. it's, it's like a bank vault almost. Yeah. And you, and I, as much as I had watched videos and read about it and done all this stuff, when I, when she was kind of showing me the ropes and she opened that door and I looked in, <laughs> I was like, that was the first time I got a little bit intimidated by it. I was like, You're like, Leah's trying to kill me. It's pretty damn dark in there. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oof. Like, it was so dark that the light from opening the door didn't even illuminate the whole room. Ooh. Like, I was like, "There's this isn't that big of a room, and I can't see the other wall. That's how dark it is in there. It's like, can we just turn the light on so I know for sure? Yeah, and they tell and and they tell you, you know, if you want to leave the door cracked to leave a little light in, you can do that. If you want to, you know, all this other stuff. But I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, I want the full experience. Yeah. So I want to be out of body. Yes, that's what I wanted. I wanted to meet aliens. I wanted to be like in a full meditative state. Um, yeah, I wanted the whole shebang. So, um, you go in, you shower off first, and then. You go into the tank, and then when you get done, after we floated for an hour, and you get out and you shower off again, because the way the tank works is there's about a foot of water in the bottom of it, Mm -hmm. and it's got in that foot of water, in probably uh, five and a half, six by maybe eight uh, tank, Mm -hmm. um, there's a foot of water, and so then there's about 10 pounds of Epsom salt in that water. Um, so you are hyper buoyant. Okay. So you are easily floating the whole time. So you want to shower off and you get out because you're covering up some salt. Um, if you don't, you kind of get little crystals all over your skin later. Right. Um, it was super cool. I, I went in and out of like a meditative state. I think like I started off, you know, you kind of take about 10, 15 to get acclimated to, the feeling and everything and really settling down. Um, I thought I had been in there for about, <laughs> at one point I got up and got out because there's this like head pillow floaty thing that she recommended, but I didn't use it first. Okay. And then I wanted it, but it was outside the tank. So I thought, well, I'm going to go grab it because my, my neck was starting to get a little stiff from supporting, you know, my giant head. Yeah. Um, and so I got out of the tank and I thought it's probably been about, 15 minutes it had been 30 Jeez. <laughs> and i was like living what so well what are you in it naked yes oh yeah you completely are completely naked that's awesome you don't have yeah, to so you don't have the clothing bothering you right you, you don't have to but like 
it's it's recommended full thing yeah. yeah if you want yeah because what happens is the water is also heated to your body temperature or close to your body it's like 95 degrees and so what hap- the sensation that you kind of feel is as you're floating and your body gets acclimated to that temperature you kind of lose the sense of where your body ends and where the water begins yeah um and it's it's super cool the sensation that it kind of felt like and i told you about this later and she i think she said she felt the same way was it felt like you were being lifted up mm. like beamed yeah. up or something like yeah if you feel weightless you're doing that light as a feather thing yeah but you're only in a foot of water yeah that's weird which is really weird um as soon as you like sit up at all you're on the ground yeah um but really really cool um i think i think an hour I'm, i would like to do it again for another hour now that i'm kind of used to it um but there are people who do it for three four hours oh wow we'll do long sessions i would pop a benadryl <laughs> go flow get a little docile <laughs> um yeah uh, it was a super cool experience and even though I kind of went in and out and Leah kind of felt the same way when we got out, you're just like, you're at a, you're at a, you're at a state of relaxation that I've never experienced. Mm. Like I've never felt just that peace, peaceful and like calm and like completely decompressed. Um, it was amazing. I want to go. And then, so Leah and I had talked about going back downtown and getting something to eat afterwards. But then like she had the idea of, no, let's go drive. Let's go get takeout and drive to the top of a mountain <laughs> and eat on top of a mountain and wa- look at the the sky and the, you know, there's the Blue Ridge Scenic Highway or whatever's right there. Look so we did that and it was just, it was the most incredible, right. It was the most incredible evening. It oh, was man. awesome. Yeah. It was super cool. I highly recommend anyone go try it. Um, you will, you will be alone with your thoughts. Mm. Good or bad. Good or bad. <laughs> um, I didn't have any like major revelations or anything crazy like that, but it was, it was just an awesome experience. And I think, especially after having gone through all this COVID crap and everything yeah. else, and the end of a end of a semester for us, like it was just the perfect thing. Um, yeah, that's so, awesome. How long was your session overall? Uh, I think they scheduled you. I think let's see. I probably got there at like. I think I went back into the room at like 620 and mm-hmm. then they called me that like when your hours up, there's like a little chime that are yeah. not chime, but like a soft music that starts playing in the tank. Oh, okay. And then after a minute of that, a little soft blue light kind of turns on in the tank mm. so that you can have a little bit of light to get out. Um, so I think I got out and then I got a shower. So I think I was done right at 730. So you get okay. like an, you get about a block of an hour time, but. They brought us in a little early. I don't know if that's normal or what. Yeah. They've only done it the one time. But there is a place in Atlanta that does it. And apparently there's one in Roswell, too, I found out about recently. So it's a lot closer. But We should all go. We should. Do, yeah, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Hunter did email it. That was weird. Yeah, that was boring. Uh, <laughs> Can I wear my AirPods? Yeah, Hunter just playing on his phone the whole time he's in there. Um, no, I highly recommend anybody do it. And then Leah's favorite part was that when you get out, your skin feels amazing because you've been floating in salt water. (laughs) Right. Well, I think your body just feels good too with Epsom salt. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. And something else that was weird, I didn't get any up my nose or anything like that. But when I got out, Leah and I both experienced this. I constantly have a little bit of a stuffy nose. Yeah. 
And I've never breathed so clear in my entire life. That next day, completely clear. Whoa. For a full 24 hours. Huh. It was amazing. Saving your sinuses were relaxed. Yeah. I they mean, vibing. Ev- everything was relaxed. <laughs> so, so you got, you found me a therapist and now I'm getting you into the, float, into the float tank. That sounds good with me. Let's do it. Maybe I can live there. <laughs> do they take rent? Yeah. Yeah, you can do what weekly sessions. Just get a little portal for me to talk to Blair. There are there are some places um, that do it that you can get a membership and you can go float like a couple times Ooh. a week or unlimited or whatever. I need that. Um, it's a little pricey, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> if it saves five years of my life, yeah, it's if 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 I hit the lottery tomorrow and was gonna and I was gonna build a house that would that oh, would yeah. absolutely be in my basement would be one of those tanks. It was incredible. So, highly recommend it. Anybody who's listening, um, just just try it. It's super cool. Yeah, super cool. All right, Kate. Well, what else? Oh, I have spilled my beans today. Yeah, I have aired out the laundry. I feel better. How do you feel? Good, good. Mm. I think I'm. Uh, I'm excited to see where where Betty takes me. Yes, yes. Get some more sessions under my belt and kind of keep diving deeper because it's kind of like I said last time like I'm at the point in my life where I'm just open to a lot more stuff like yeah for making me better yeah um and yeah I'm excited well good so hopefully this guy hopefully uh this podcast helped you guys kind of if you're thinking about getting into therapy but you're not sure you've been out of therapy for a long time and you're kind of starting fresh hopefully Something we said helped. Uh, yeah. Uh, or if it didn't, thanks for hanging in here for an hour. Yeah. Um, we appreciate it. We thank you guys so, so much. The The amount of support that we have gotten about this has been mind-blowing. Yes. Like, I fully expected when we started this to kind of get some weird looks and some off comments <laughs> and some sideways comments. We get um, those anyway. You're right. <laughs> but Kate, ha- I think... Kate had a point where she on her personal pod or personal podcast on her personal Instagram page had shared it out to a lot of her friends. Right. The amount of people who messaged you and said, wow, thank you guys so much for doing this. Thank you guys for talking about this. The podcast helped me have the courage to do this. Or, um, I had a, I had a similar experience to you or whatever. I have been blown away. I think we were on the way back from Asheville actually, when you were texting me all those. Yeah. And I just kept sharing them with, with Leah. And I was just like so blown away that we kept getting so much support. Um, I had I had a friend recently just tell me about like, just like, wow, you guys are doing such a good job. You, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know, I was kind of bashful. I was like, well, thanks, you know. <laughs> but it's it, it had just been, just been awesome. And this is something that Kate and I just wanted to do for us. Yeah. And if somebody else gets something out of it or somebody else even halfway enjoys listening to it, that is... <laughs> A shock and a welcome surprise to both of us. Or if we think we're idiots, that's okay too. Yeah, that's totally because we are. So yeah, and the whole point of this podcast, you know, we had said it originally. We're just sick of the self help. We're si- we're tired of the woo woo and the swing. You know, yeah. we just want people to feel normal, even though you're going through a lot of crap. And Normalized in their abnormality. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the biggest response we've gotten, and that is the exact goal. Yeah. So it's been great. So. Thanks again. Stick with us. Hopefully we'll have some more stuff coming up for you guys soon. Bye. Bye.